Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Ferdos Karas is a world-renowned creator of mass communications, and he is a speaker and thought leader on creativity and communications. He's a global leader in using animation for social change, and he is the author of Creativity, The Key to a Remarkable Life. I've read it, I loved it, and we're going to chat about some of the relationships between creativity and bravery today. Ferdos's work focuses on creating innovative solutions for some of the world's toughest issues by affecting societal and individual behavioral change through human-centered communications across many cultures and countries to better the human condition. He has created, directed, and versioned, often on a volunteer basis, 4,300 animated behavior change shorts in 50 series covering a wide range of topics, including human rights, diseases prevention, health, refugees, and violence reduction. On top of all that, he is also the award winner of over 112 honors that he has received, including the Peabody Award, which is the media equivalent to a Pulitzer. He's one of the world's 50 most talented social innovators, and he's a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts. Hello, Fidos. Hi. How are you? I am doing well. How are you today? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. And I think we could probably take our whole time just to talk about your background and your work and the awards that you've received. And I, I took a swing at the bat, but you know, what else can, we, can you tell us about the work that you've done and how have you come to do what you do today? Well, I think it all began with my early socialization. So I uh, grew up in Calcutta. I was born and grew up in Calcutta for the first 11 years of my life. And my mother was a uh, head of a national NGO in India. Uh, and she took me many times to meet Mother Teresa. And I know that uh, your focus is on bravery in the workplace. Well, believe me, Mother Teresa was one of the most brave people I think I've probably ever encountered. And I think from that early socialization that began at that time and then carried me through high school and then I went to Pennsylvania and then came to Canada for graduate school, I have always worked with people from a human rights background. So I work from a human rights perspective and some of the bravest people in the planet, I think, are people who have had their human rights somehow abused one way or the other. 
So I wrote my master's thesis on a draft convention against the use of torture. Uh, and ever since then, I have taken the human rights approach to my work all the way through today. The most recent work that I've done, for example, is I, I just uh, directed a video on how to interact with the police in the United States in several languages. And so um, that kind of work, I think, is all about bravery. It's all about the, the people uh, who have worked outside of their comfort zone for the benefit of others. Well, as I said when we were opening the conversation that we could talk for the full 20 minutes about your background and the experiences that you've had and the work that you have done, because so much of your work surrounds and involves bravery. And I'm just curious, when you were a young 10 or 11 year old man, did you actually physically meet Mother Teresa or did you just see her off in the distance? I know I actually met her many times when I was eight years old. Um, and she had an indelible image. I mean, I, I, I remember Mother Teresa working in this huge room in Calcutta with the poorest of the poor dying on cots. And I have that image etched in my mind as if it were just yesterday. And what do you think or you know, what may be one or two things that you think she demonstrated bravery as? Uh, you know, how did she show bravery to others? Well, two, two ways. First of all, she dealt with absolutely the poorest of the poor. And uh, when in India you have, still today, you have 300 million plus people who live under the poverty, official poverty line, uh, you have a, a different uh, characteristic. You tend to kind of, if you're wealthy, you tend not to see the poverty. And Mother Teresa went out of her way, obviously, devoted her life to not only seeing the poverty, but embracing the poverty and doing what she could in her way to uh, alleviate the suffering of the poorest of the poor people. And secondly, I think that Mother Teresa did come under some criticism, uh, both at that time and, and even after her death. There have been some books and articles written about her that have been quite negative. I think that people have never understood the role of Mother Teresa and her own uh, feelings, which were obviously based in, in her faith. She never uh, said that she was trying to solve the world's problems or even Calcutta's problems. She simply had the instinct to work on what she could do to alleviate the suffering of the poorest of the poor. When you're out in front, it doesn't matter what you do. When you're out in front and you're causing disruption, and, and I face the same thing, I have had death threats against me. Uh, when you're out in front, you, get, uh, you have to be brave. You, you have to uh, understand that some people are going to get upset when you change the status quo because they have an interest in maintaining the status quo. That's how it came into being. Uh, and so when you're disrupting the status quo, whether it's Mother Teresa and Calcutta or me working with, for example, victims of sexual violence in the Congo, uh, we, we disrupt. Uh, and disruption calls people to get, sometimes people to be angry and uh, you need a hot hat. In fact, uh, Desmond Tutu, who has supported my work, 
once wrote to me a very funny email because I told him that uh, we had been attacked together because of his support for my work uh, on a very right-wing radio show. And uh, he told me to put on my tin hat and get back into the trenches. <laughs> well, look, I, I think this idea of challenging the status quo is compelling because a lot of our prior guests have talked about this need, if you're going to be brave, to find respectful yet candid ways to talk about things in different or new ways that may not be consistent with everyone else. Is that something that you've seen in your career that adds to this bravery equation? Absolutely. And newness is, uh, I'm glad you used that word because newness is what I say um, creativity is. Creativity, in my opinion, is the ability to think differently by a mental process of original thoughts that leads to the creation of new ideas. It is just a mental thought. It is not innovation. It is not a new product. Uh, it is not something you can see. Uh, that could be the result of creativity in the innovation or the product that you see, but it is not creativity in of itself. And newness is, is central to creativity. So when you become a creative thinker, it's a transformational thought process. You broaden your thinking. You look at the world in a different way, uh, and you think differently. And you orient your mind towards newness, either the, your new ideas yourself, or you become more receptive to new ideas from other people. And that's what creativity is. That's what creative thinking is all about. And one of the things I love about your book and I love about the work that you do for DOS is that I believe that there are huge alignments between creativity and bravery. And in your new book, Creativity, Key to a Remarkable Life, which I mentioned in the opening that I have read, you know, I identified a few behaviors that I think correlate wonderfully. And I'm wondering if I could observe each behavior and if you'd be kind enough to share your thoughts on them. Sure, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. So the first one is creativity is looking at every angle of a solution. And when you think about bravery, you know, oftentimes we don't know if there are angles. We kind of think of it as one way. I have to say something to my boss. I don't think my boss is going to like hearing it. So I don't do it. And yet there may be multiple ways of doing it. Can you tell us a little bit about angles and how they lead to more creative outcomes? Absolutely. And in fact, you also touched in that question on a second point, which I make, which is that failure is part of being a creative thinker. But let me start with uh, creativity and, and just the, the concept that creativity is looking at every angle to a solution. So there might be many different ways at looking at problems and coming uh, to the solutions. And quite often in life, no matter what it is, how big or small the problem is, no matter whether we're doing it in a personal life or a professional life, we quite often just come across a solution or what we think is a solution, and we stop thinking about other possible solutions because we think we found the solution. Well, in fact, quite often, if you think creatively and you keep applying your creative thinking, you'll come up with different solutions to the same problem. And in fact, maybe your third solution is the best one. I mean, I, I love the story about 7-Up, you, you know, the drink 7-Up. I have no idea whether, um, uh, <laughs> how somebody came up with the, with the title 7-Up, 
But I'm hoping it's because they tried one up, two up, three up, four up, five up, and six up. And those didn't go over terribly well. But the seven up, the seventh one, the, the seventh iteration is the one that everybody liked. And that became the solution to creating a new drink. So uh, it, that, I think, is, is the way to apply creative thinking. Now, this, the complementary aspect of that, which you touched on, is that you must have the ability to fail. You must uh, embrace failure. You must think that you're not always going to succeed. You must have an environment, and whether you know in a company it might be called an organizational culture, or in your personal relationship with your spouse or your children, you must have an environment that allows you to fail. And if you fail, and you will fail if you're a creative thinker, then creative thinking is actually the best way to get up from your failure and to get on to the next thing uh, and try the next thing out, come up with some other new idea. And I think that that failure is very much a part of creative thinking. And so I would encourage all your leaders to be brave enough to come back to that work, uh, come back to that word, uh, to be brave enough to uh, embrace failure. Well, this is one of the challenges that so many leaders have, because I don't think many people equate bravery with failure. And they believe that if I'm going to say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done, I've got to get it right the first time. And there's no room or space to say, hey, that it, that didn't come out the way that I intended, or this isn't the outcome I was hoping for. You know, let me think about it a little bit more and come back and, you know, take another swing at the bat. They, I believe, equate being brave with getting it right the first time. I agree with you, and that's part of the problem. That's that's part of the stifling of creativity. You know, we are all creative people as children. We all sing, we all dance, we all use our imaginations when we are children. Then I think the educational system kind of sucks the creative thinking out of us. And then when we become adults and we go into our professional lives, we are even more worried about peer pressure and what other people think, and we are even more afraid of failure. So uh, I do think that every person is a creative human being. The extent to which you are creative differs. It's not always the same, but we are all uh, creative uh, beings and we can open up our minds to become more creative thinkers. And part of that is indeed embracing failure, to have the courage to say, you know what, I'm wrong. I, I was wrong on this. Okay, I tried it, it didn't work, and I, I was wrong. That's okay. That's part of being a creative person. That's part of trying something new. And if you try something new, you will inevitably come up with something that's right. If you keep trying it, if you try just one thing and it doesn't work and you stop, whatever that one thing is, then you're not being a creative thinker because you have become embarrassed or you run out of funds or whatever the reason that you have decided not to go on with other creative thinker thinking. So I often say that many of the greatest inventors of the world, I mean, you know, if you think of, for example, Edison, uh, and many of the greatest uh, scientists, greatest thinkers of the world actually failed. Uh, they failed more times than they succeeded, even though we know 
their success stories, they actually probably failed more times than uh, they succeeded. I use the famous example in my book of Vincent van Gogh. Vincent van Gogh was a complete failure as a painter during his lifetime. If you look at the matrix of what is a successful painter, you would think it would be how many paintings did you sell during your life? How many, how many people bought your paintings? Well, almost nobody, I think he sold two paintings. He bothered some other paintings. Yet today, if you put all the value of all his paintings together, you probably get you know billions of dollars because we, we look at his paintings in a different way and from a different lens today than he, he had at that time, his contemporaries at that time. So you can't be judged by just your contemporaries, by just the context that you're working in right now. And I use the other example of Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci actually created, for example, in a drawing, a modern helicopter. Now, if he had tried out the helicopter or he had put out this concept of a helicopter to his peers 500 years ago, probably everybody would have laughed at him and he would have thought of himself as a failure because nobody would have understood a helicopter. Yet here we are 500 years later and a helicopter is a modern, ordinary tool that all of us know and use. So you have to take your creative thinking and be able to apply it and be secure in yourself. So one of the points in my book is that part of creative thinking is to be passionate, to believe in yourself and to believe in your ideas. We're going to pause in our conversation with Ferdos Karas. He is the author of Creativity, Key to a Remarkable Life. And next time we'll talk a little bit more about his book and the relationship of the concepts of creativity as they apply to bravery in the workplace. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.